0: Love Talk Radio On the mountain, in the valley, I beheld only God In hardship, I saw Him by my side In ease and well-being, I beheld only God Like a candle, I melted Amidst the sparks of the flame I beheld only God. Rabia the Mystique, a beautiful Islamic quote. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. My co host Brian is on the line, and I am Nara. Brian.
1: Good morning, listeners. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here. ...to represent Him who sent us. We do not have to worry... ...about what to say... ...or what to do... ...because He who sent us... ...direct us. We are content... ...to be wherever He wishes... ...knowing He goes there with us. We will be healed as we let him teach us to heal. Hello, and welcome to Okay. Good morning, Maya.
0: Good morning, Brian. Thank you so much. I always love that particular prayer or invocation. It's wonderful. I, um, can't speak for everyone. I'm hoping that Be Still Thy Soul is softer than it seems in my ear, um... It's, that's a beautiful song that was used for firing the grid I'm at the beach today and uh, I'm having so-so reception so if at some point I disappear Brian uh, you're going to have to man the switchboard and finish this so I don't know I've had a couple of times here it said I was disconnected so we'll see what okay. happens um, thank you for the heads up oh you're welcome <laughs> I just could try to call in as a listener, but I'm you know, i not sure. I've also had a fading in and out of my cell phone, so I'm wondering what's going on out on the water. Uh, today's topic mm. is Laming Binds the Soul to the Patch, and we'll be talking about that off and on, but before we get to that, we want to give you our number, 646-595-3584. Please feel comfortable calling in. We'd love to hear from our listeners. And, Brian, uh, let's talk a bit about our time this week. What's it like where you are today?
1: Well, let's see. uh, Currently, it's about 78 degrees, and it's going to be about 79 degrees today. Oh, I'm sorry, 97 degrees today when the day gets to the hottest point. So it's uh, definitely summertime around this area. And it's turning out to be a glorious Sunday so far. And my week has been... As far as the weather goes, warming up like it is now, and I've had a wonderful week spending with my uh, a lot of time with my girlfriend, uh, kind of in that space, and that's a wonderful place to be in. And as, as long as uh, as well as working as well, and of course doing my radio shows, so it's been a little bit more busier for me with the uh, girlfriend aspect in my life now.
0: Yeah Yes, a nice addition. I yes. uh, it's <laughs> it's going to be very hot where I live today. Although here, where I am at the Gulf coast, it's going to be about eighty-two. Where I live, it's supposed to be one hundred and seven. Does that explain why mm. I'm here?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of. Uh, during the week, I, I actually, starting a week ago Friday, so for six mornings during the week, I got up at six o'clock and I did a morning meditation on on practically living the life, talking about some of the stresses and strains and how you can use meditation to heal that and, and pull yourself back into the time with God. And before the show started, Brian and I always take a minute to talk, and, and it literally is only a minute. Thank you. Uh, and um, today we, I, I told him, that I wanted to analogize the piece and and just the time that he wants to dedicate to his girlfriend, which is probably uh, 60 seconds of every uh, 60 minutes of every, uh, of every minute of, of all 60 minutes of 24 hours a day. And that when I first came to, I had heard and read that when you first reach that place of bliss, in your meditation and you feel yourself actively connected to love and a part of the uh all that is that there is a desire to do nothing nothing but sit and be in that bliss you don't want to lose it. it and and i think that's part of what drives people to meditate and to remember to meditate and i said it sounds like it's just like being in love brian <laughs> You want to to be with that person all the time. And in the case of meditating, you want to be with love or God all the time because it feels so nice and safe. Uh, And some people do, as we all know. Some people do um, go off and dedicate their lives to quiet uh, love. Now, I am in a very small hotel room. If you hear rumbling behind me, I'm here with my parents. And so I can't expect them to be totally silent for an entire hour. So you're gonna hear them talking, whispering <laughs> periodically. And that's okay, that's life. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, oh, what a beautiful, beautiful day it's going to be for all of us. I I do encourage anyone who uh is interested in And interested, excuse me, in working on their meditation practice to consider going back uh, to any of the days starting a week ago, Friday, uh, especially the five days this week. I think that they do offer some practical steps for meditating, they offer some practical uh, steps for dealing with the chaos that surrounds us in life
1: Uh, because neither
0: I nor Brian hold ourselves out as being perfect beings. And uh, we find the perfection in our life, uh, which for me, I define as peace. Uh, during, uh, you know, I, I kind of use the percentage. I w- I'm, I'm content if I can be at peace 51% of the time. I've kind of evolved to a larger percent. And I now know I'm not happy if I don't have all that I've, I've moved toward. But, um we each have defined a place with love that we like to be, and we know the feeling of that place, and we know the steps to get back to it. And that's what uh, last week's uh, series was about, talking about, "Oh my gosh, I just said that." What's interesting, friends, this week, I went through kind of a bit of a metamorphosis. It's probably been going on in me, and I didn't recognize it where. As as a lawyer, I would say something that in the past I would be running around telling everyone, and I said this, because it was kind of, a, I guess, the coup de grace, the um, piece de resistance. You know, it was like the ultimate thing to say to drive someone down to their knees and say, I won. And that's what the law so often, especially litigation is about, is a gladiator kind of mentality. Yeah, it is odd that God has invited me, a lawyer, to speak for him, or alternatively, that God led me to be a lawyer so that I would speak for him. (laughs) Because believe me, the fears that drive the human spirit and the desire to be right and win is always there in the law, just always there. So here we are, and... um, I have did things that I said, like I said in the past, I'd run back and tell my partners, look at me, I've done this, and I said this, and everyone would applaud, you know, like, wow. And instead, within a second or two, after the words left my mouth, I began thinking, oh my, I don't like how I said that. How could I have handled that situation better? more lovingly. And that is growth for me. And so I lost my peace. I did not take joy in uh, being, quote, the victor, because if victory comes with defeated minds and souls, I'm not so excited about it anymore. So I'm working to now redefine how I am a lawyer. And that's what I did over the week. And I was able to talk a bit about that during the time that we were uh, doing the meditations because I definitely lost my peace. I felt bad about myself. Um, And remember, it starts with, I am okay. Love others as you love yourself. And the epiphany, for those of you who are Christian, however, I believe Muhammad said the same thing, and that is that the challenge in life is to love our enemies. And when somebody would talk to me the way I spoke this week, even though my client might applaud, I don't feel, I would not feel happy. I'm not treating that person the way I would want to be treated. So this next week, I'm going to go back a bit wiser. So mine was a good growth week.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And what I can definitely say about that is, that's definitely a step forward. And just in the realization that you no longer want to do that because you no longer take joy in that, that's a step in the right direction and you can know already that you're going to, I caution in using the word overcome, but you know what I mean when I say that you'll no longer partake in that just from the simple desire that that no longer brings you satisfaction. And that's the truth that we can all know And we can all realize that we don't have to beat ourselves up over having epiphanies like you've had this week, because the moment we have that epiphany, it's like we're seeing it from another angle. And before, we could say we didn't know any better, and we just did what we knew. And now that you know better, you can see it differently. And because you can see it differently, you can now act differently. And so you'll be making strides and moves in the positive direction next time that situation shows itself in your in your experience, you'll choose a different road, we could say. And that's fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, for those of you, you know, and, and it fits so with, with the little writing that my guys led me to put about today's program. I went back in and changed this. A little bit uh, after one meditation program, because during the meditation, I thought I want to say this different, and it, when you look at can you hold on to blame and still hold God as knowing all and being all? let's talk about life's lessons and opportunities they present to learn about love, and yeah, you're right, Brian that's what it was. it was a lesson and and you know the thing is, folks, when I say that I'm going to work to be different. I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect at it, but I'm not going to give up if I don't make it in one try. I'm going to keep trying because now I have a goal, a mind, a spiritual goal, so to speak, that honors myself. And, and to me, that's what life's lessons and opportunities they present is about, is realizing, as I said a minute ago, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. And yet seizing the down lessons looking inside looking for practical ways whether it's saying aloud and all will be well and all will be well and all manner of things will be well it's a georgian chant over 1500 years old and yet if you say that three times practically and i pass it on to friends all the time when they're in chaos and are sad Saying those words brings you to a place where, wow, yeah, that's true. But one friend said to me, well, how do you believe that? And I said, because I'm here right now and life hasn't always been easy. There have been struggles and stresses and strains. I've been my lowest self and my highest self. And I'm here right now. And she says, duh. That's his folks. Unless you're a newborn baby, you have lived through times when life has been tough. And each one of us defines life differently and tough differently. But there have been times when you have been presented opportunities to grow. And sometimes we hang on to the pain and miss the opportunity. And we generally approach it in one of two ways. We approach it by pushing out and trying to manipulate the other person into being who we think they should be, which is not a real winning place because they have control over themselves. I can tell you myself, based on my life experience, that's a formula for disaster, for disappointment. Because you're always going to be living on edge, even if the person or persons momentarily adjust their behavior, you're going to be living on edge, praying that they stay that way. And they may, but they may not. So, but if you move inside yourself and you decide, do I love this person no matter how they behave? And accept them and accept the moment then you come to a place of peace. The other vehicle that people do, and there are probably many permutations or many different ways that this is done, but the other way that people may do this is they will go inside and blame themselves, which is what I was doing this week. Rather than uh, laughing and taking joy in the in my gladiator behavior, I was inside saying, Oh, I don't like this. This doesn't make me feel good. Well, now, once again, you're at the same place. You're at a place where you can freeze in that self-blame, in that belief that you're not enough, and just be frozen. Or you can say, what lesson is there in this for me? And then you can say, and all will be well. I will get a chance to be. I will get a chance to be all I can be. You know, I will get a chance to be more. I will get a chance to go back to my peace. And I sense there's a listener out there who's not very happy right now. My stomach's unhappy or my stomach feels distress and I feel a blocking at the top of my um and just where my throat would begin in my neck. And, and I think the person thinks that I'm really, uh, for want of a better word, speaking a bunch of crap. And that's not the word they're using. I can share with you that there have been very few down places that I haven't been. I have made poor life choices over and over again in relationships, in finances, in how to respond in the moment, in being totally encompassed with my ego and needing to be adored more than anything else and losing track of myself. In all of those times, I lost track of myself and who I truly want to be. And it may sound like crap to you, But I can tell you, if you will just take a moment and breathe deeply, and Brian's going to lead us in breathing in a moment after he speaks. So we're going to lead up to a a centering exercise. So I have some nice new music. But if you can just take a moment and breathe with Brian. Even if only fleeting, I promise you. Even if just for a second, after you've cleared your mind and you've taken three deep breaths, breathing in through the feet as though your nose were there. Oh, I know, you think that's crap too. But it helps elongate the breath if you visualize that process. And bringing your breath all the way up to the top of your head, to the crown, and allowing sense of peace to come over you as you take each breath and reaching out just just humor me reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of God who's waiting right beside you there is no down spot you have to live alone nor up spot you are always available to God simply by reaching out your hand And I promise you that if you will just take three deep breaths and just listen to the words that that Brian is going to say and leave your hand in the hand of God, you will know that something better is waiting for you. I promise you that because I've been where you've been. I've been self-loathing. I've been trying to manipulate other people. I've had no money and no place to live. And as soon as I opened myself up and reminded myself that the messages I was speaking to other people about love began with me believing that I was that important to God. And I had lost sight of that. I felt this. And I have felt it ever since. And I'm just going to play a couple
1: bars of it.
0: Off and on, too, Brian. I'm sorry. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> one more time. We'll stop. I love that song. <laughs> Brian, you are on for a while. Thank
1: you, Mara. The uh, song is still playing. Do we have a way of fading that out?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going to stop it one more time. Let's try because I think we're doing it together. There we go. Got it. I think. I'm sorry. That's
1: okay. Thank you for sharing that, Mara. And the... As we go into a meditation now, I'd like you to sit back and relax and close your eyes and begin to breathe deeply and comfortably, allowing yourself to find the natural path and the natural length of your breath. Feeling the air passing through your nostrils as you take a deep breath in and you let it go. Just becoming more relaxed, more at peace with each breath. And as you do this, I want to share some words with you The past is bound to be repeated when we continue to carry it around with us. And when we carry around blame, we're not letting ourselves, you could say, off the hook. And we need to release ourselves from that image, from the guilt that we can carry around with us, that binds us, And it actually limits us because when you are remembering past actions that might not have turned out the way that you wanted them to and now you are feeling guilty because of it, you restrain yourself from the fear of repeating an action or saying words that you will regret later. And if you don't set yourself free, you'll never get out of that prison, like locking yourself into a prison. You'll never be able to experience anything but guilt, because you're carrying it around. Like a child carries around a safety blanket or sucking its thumb for protection, for feeling safe. We actually bind ourselves in guilt and in blame and oddly enough feel some form of safety from that because we feel like we're protected from going outside the boundaries of that guilt and in truth that place of safety is torturous and it's a place that we put ourselves in and so we need to just let it go And I am of the mind that says or takes the attitude or stance of almost rejoicing. And I know this is going to sound strange, but almost rejoicing when I make a mistake. Because the moment I realize that I have made a mistake, I, you could say, instantaneously know better. The fact that I can see that I made a mistake, means that I'm able to see it from the vantage point of where I would not have made the mistake had I seen it sooner. And there's two ways we can go from that point. We could celebrate that recognition or we could beat ourselves up for those actions that behavior. And I know for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that beating yourself up over past actions never feels good. So why stay there? Why perpetuate that feeling? Why not let it go? Drop the blanket and say, I have a second chance. Like Mara shared earlier, I, too, have made plenty of mistakes in my life. Things that if I could go back and do over, I could say I would go back and do over. But I know at the same time that because I've made that mistake now, I will not repeat that mistake. And so looking at where I am now, I could say that I'm grateful for having those mistakes because... I am not that person any longer. And I could say I'm a better person now. And so my future actions will now be more positive ones. And I will be more in the habit of treating people better and treating myself better. Because more times than not, when we are not treating others kindly, it's because we don't think kindly of ourselves. And I think kindly of myself more because of these mistakes that I have made, realizing that I was not the person I am now, but I was then. And in that knowing, in that improvement, I can be grateful and I can celebrate change. And when we begin to take on this attitude, we say that we get over our mistakes faster and with more grace and more peace about it, and then we have a much more enjoyable experience. So now as we continue to breathe into the nose and out through the nose, I want you to think of a past experience, some words that you might have said to a friend or a family member, or some words that a friend or family member might have said to you, an event in your life that you might still be holding in memory, that when you think of it does not feel good and makes you feel the pain of guilt. And as you hold this situation in your mind, I want you to now send up from your heart a bubble of love. Sending this radiant bubble up, surrounding and encasing this image in your mind, this memory, surrounding it in a bubble of love. And then I want you to attach a string to the bottom of this bubble and grab the bottom of the string and watch this memory float up in this bubble of love. And you, the only connection remaining with this memory to you is you holding on to this string. And now I want you to peacefully acceptingly let go of this string and let go of this memory and send it up with love appreciating the fact that you can now release it and feeling the joy and relief from carrying that burden around. And now as you take another deep breath into the nose and out the nose, I want you to scan your body for how you might be feeling. Are you feeling more relaxed? than you were before you let that memory go? Are you still feeling lots of tension? If you're still feeling lots of tension, then I want you to come back to your thoughts and find the memory. Find the guilty feeling inside yourself. And again, as this image or remembrance comes to your mind, send up from your heart waves of love that surround and encase this memory with love. And once again, attach a string to it. Watching this memory float up and away from you and as you let go of the strain seeing it getting further and further away vanishing in your sight vanishing in your awareness and once again bring your attention back to your nose the feel of the air Passing through the nostrils. Into the nose. And out to the nose. Into the nose. And out to the nose. And now once again, as you continue to breathe, I want you to scan your body. Feeling how you feel now. Taking in the awareness of the fact that there is any more tension in your body. Or if you're feeling rather free. And we're going to spend the next moments just breathing and becoming familiar with how we feel. And if we feel any more tension... I would encourage you to go through those steps once again and surround any guilty thoughts, any past pains, it in a bubble, attaching a string, and sending it along its way with love. And if you're sitting in a wonderful place of peace and joy right now, then just be there for the next few moments. now as we continue to breathe in the nose and out through the nose I want you to slowly very easily begin to open what your eyes love? and see all around you nothing but love realizing that as we free ourselves from our past pains our past hurts the prisons that we locked ourselves into we are able to see things in a different light because we are looking through different lenses and we are setting ourselves free by opening ourselves up to more truth more beauty and more peace and I would encourage you listeners to do this exercise as often as you find necessary throughout this week to help you find a place of peace a place of comfort when you are not feeling that way
0: yes thank you Brian it so reminds me of the Dalai Lama who said that um, in every minute, there is a new you. And for some people, that is uh, something that's, wow, well, what are we talking about? You know, that doesn't make sense. But it's basically the idea that in each new moment, you can release things. And realistically, the, um, the process practically um, what you've offered is a beautiful exercise for someone who, during the course of the week, finds themselves at a place where they're they're not at peace and their mind. And usually there's a signal for all of us. We we now call it a disorder and act like people only people who have this are uh, need to worry about it. But it's called um, OCD. You know, and, and basically what what it is is obsessive compulsive disorder. But I think it should be called human compulsive disorder, HCD. You know, the person begins thinking and their mind begins focusing on something and it tends to grab the mind. And then it begins permeating through so that it's everywhere. Kind of like if you want to do an example would be to put a piece of chocolate cake in front of you, if you like chocolate cake, and just let it sit there. Absent a distraction of moving that chocolate cake out of your vision, it's pretty soon at some point, as much as you fight it, and as much guilt and blame as you build in yourself for even noticing it, it will consume your mind. That's what happens. Our minds get consumed. And this exercise of imagining a golden globe, a balloon forming around that idea and just that the mind and that being released, just letting it go, letting the balloon fill with helium and the tensions of those thoughts, reminding yourself that all will be well and just letting those thoughts go. Beautiful exercise, Brian. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for that those wonderful words afterwards because that's ex- exactly right, is that it's kind of that, ho- that old saying of don't think of a pink elephant. Well the <laughs> fact that I just brought the uh, pink elephant to your mind, you kinda can't help but think of it. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever we are whenever we are having those thoughts don't think of a pink elephant, well, the best way to get rid of those thoughts is to give our attention to another thought. And so when we get that thought out of our immediate awareness, then we don't have mm-hmm. to struggle against... It's kind of like you said, looking at a piece of chocolate cake and maybe someone's in your ear going, you know you love chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. mm, this chocolate cake's the best chocolate cake I've ever had. And all these temptations are coming at you. And whenever you're trying to fight against a temptation, it's a a useless battle that you're eventually going to lose because it's always in your awareness. So when we can just get the piece of cake out of our sight, whether that means us getting away from the table and walking out to the backyard or handing the piece of cake to someone else or whatever we have to do to get rid of that temptation that's in our face, then we are setting ourselves free from even having to have that dilemma as a choice to overcome, if you will.
0: Yes, 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 exactly, exactly, and and I I so appreciate the exercise that uh, that you suggest. I I think that it, it's it's really valuable. And you know, folks, as you're sitting there, if if what is pulling your mind is a person, uh, then as you're filling your helium love balloon up and getting ready to release it, why don't you throw some good thoughts in there? I, I used to have uh, a boyfriend who was a bit of a philanderer. And he was so absolutely drop-dead gorgeous that everyone wanted anyone to every time anyone had been near him and felt that he was a part of their life they wanted to tell the person tell me because he lived in my house and that created a whole series of things about my sense of self worth but for a moment let's just talk about how i handled the thought of the person who's now called me on the phone and what i did and It was the first time someone had told me about this. I don't want to take credit for it. I went to Al-Anon. I was also an alcoholic. So at an Al-Anon meeting, they told us that um, you didn't want to build resentments. And so much of the human compulsive disorder is built on resentments about how if this were different or that were different, then this should have happened. And it's really very manipulative behavior. But they told us what you needed to do. When you found this person's name coming into your mind, and they were talking about the alcoholic, and ultimately I used that to rid my mind of the alcoholic too. But in the beginning, just dealing with the woman who had called me on the phone to let me know that when I was out of town, he had come to her house. You can imagine the rest of the drama. And so what I did was I would think, if I'm filling up my balloon, I thought, I send blank Everything I want in life, happiness, contentment, joy, peace, safety, security. If you haven't written a list, my friends, write down a list because you will manifest those things for yourself. So financial security, I sent all those things to her. This is when I really began to understand the human compulsive disorder. Because I would release my, and I wish I'd had that imagery, I released my balloon out to find its way to her, cross town, you know, and that day, my friends, the sky would have been filled with balloons of love. I'm serious, because the, every time, under the way this works, the minute your mind goes to that person... You know, before you allow the negative thoughts, the resentment to grow inside you, you start sending them your highest thoughts for them, what you want for yourself. And so I would have filled up another one and filled up another one. And I'm sure there were problems with airplanes landing in Santa Fe that day had I been using true love balloons. So what was interesting <laughs> one. <laughs> In fact, I think I blocked the sun, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because every time time, I would put my thoughts in there and I would put them in and I would send them off to her. So now you can see the imagery of the balloons. And I was finding, like, in the beginning, I was doing it God knows how many times an hour. I mean, seriously, like I said, the sky would have been filled. But what was interesting is by the next day, the sun would have started coming through. Even though I was still sending new balloons, the sun would have had some space in the sky too. And by the next day, and I would never believe this is true, but I swear it works. By the next day, there were only three or four balloons out there. And by the fifth day, I didn't think about her anymore at all. She never came into my human compulsive disorder mind. So as you're doing this exercise, and I love the image of the balloons, I encourage you to add this little resentment thing that I learned in Al-Anon. And just let it go. Because most of the stuff that we feel, the negative stuff that we cling to, does involve other people. But let's say it involves any event. You know, and I don't want this event to happen to me anymore. Fine, you know, and it's still dragging you down. Then then say, instead, what lessons did I learn from this? And say, I send my lesson. I fill the balloon with my lessons in love. So my love-filled, lighter-than-air balloon, full of lessons in love accompany this. And those come back to us. Because the core that all my friends is each and every one of us individually. I have absolutely no control over what you do or say. I do have control over myself and what I do and say. And when you start to realize that, you start to become so powerful. And you start to take control over your emotions, your emotional feelings. you start to be in charge of whether you want to be in peace or in chaos. And there are books being written on this all the time. Read any of the Conversation with God books by Neil Donald Walsh. In fact, Brian, you know, Brian interviewed Neil Donald Walsh last November. I'm going to have him talk a bit about that. My favorite of those books, because I do want to get this out there, I have two. My number one favorite is Communion with God. And my second favorite is uh, Friendship with God. I love those two books. They kind of pull it all together. But actually, and I have Neil Donald Walsh cards. And when I'm feeling down and separate and remembering my separateness as opposed to my connection to God, I will pull out one of those cards. And without fail, it will be right on and will lead me right back to holding out my right hand to take the hand of God. I'm not walking this life alone, even though I am personally responsible for my behavior. So tell us about Neil Donald Walsh, because to me that fits perfectly about life's lessons and opportunities they present to learn about love. His books are beautiful in that regard.
1: Yeah, yes, they are. And it it was a fantastic interview that I was able to um, have with him back in November. And I would have to say, Mara, that my my two favorite books of his are the same two books, but in the reverse order. I enjoy Friendships with God, the best, and Communion with God, the second best. And all those communion with God came first, and that helped me mm-hmm. to lead up to Friendships with God. But I, mm-hmm. I didn't become familiar with him until two years ago, or a year and a half ago now. And so all the books were already released, so I read them in succession, and so... I don't know. Maybe that was a an advantage. I don't know if that's the right word, but the fact that I was able to read one and then right after the I read the other and have it fresh in my mind what the, other, the first one said really helped me to kind of see everything that he was talking about in great succession, and I really enjoyed that. And like you said, all of his books they're all fantastic books. That for the first and so many things that he's done in his books have affected me in the way I do live my life and do my radio shows on uh, this one and the one I do on my radio show and that is to make things like you talked about this week that you've been doing is make things very practical and so in his books he's talking about him and his life and the things he's been through and the epiphanies he's having and all these kind of things and so that's how I've designed my radio shows and my life is to when I tell people something I am I like to make it very practical, and very personal based on me because that element, when we add that element into telling a story, it's more than just like telling a story to someone and saying, this sounds like a good idea. It's more like, this works, and here's how it works, because here's how it worked for me. And when you add that human element to it, it means more to that person that you're sharing with, and that's what, to me... Neil Donald Walsh did so wonderfully in his example with his books, and in his life, is just he's accepted who he is, and he's said, "Here, I've made all these mistakes, and here's what I got out of it, and here's the person I am because of it, and I'm not going to be sitting in that place of regret because I'm moving forward." Yes,
0: yes, beautifully said, beautifully said. That's exactly right. That is. That is the way it feels with him. It's just you know what? can I say to you folks? can I just for a moment please i I want to uh I want to do a verbal clap for Brian. I've known Brian now for about a year. Uh, he called in one day uh, toward the very end of the program, and he told me that I was a teacher and I really cared about his words and that was so kind, it really touched my heart. But what is amazing to me was uh, he then called me, uh, we exchanged phone numbers and he actually called me and talked to me about his dream his manifestation, and that's what I want to applaud today because just as I said, we're putting in, when we fill those balloons with the things that we want in life, when we write down on a sheet of paper, when you read Neil Donald Walsh's books, my friend, that's where you learn in communion with God that God, when we call God love, that's the preferred name. In friendship with God, when you get so comfortable that you're walking, holding hands with God, and you open your heart up and you believe you are worthy, and you write it down. You write it down, what you believe should come to you, and now we're back to Brian. How long have you been doing this, Brian? Oh, well, I guess, oh, I decided and he gave me this state that was not very long before. And he says, I, "I'm planning to have Neil Donald Walsh on my show," and my jaw dropped. My jaw dropped, literally. He's already communicated with me by email, and I thought, "My gosh, Brian, Brian!" And sure enough, come November, there was Neil Donald Walsh on Brian's show. And he used to do the speaking thing more and I'm very, very respectful of of the change in the tenor and uh, approach in Brian's shows where he's he's touching more that spirit in him that touches the spirit in you. What that's all about, my friends, is when you're a heightened sixth sensor, you're not special. Because everybody is special what you have done is you've come to, to if you hear the motorcycle it's not because I'm at a motorcycle bar but a hotel and people are leaving but um, when you come to that place where you recognize and accept that everyone is special to God it's as though you have a giant family ring have you ever seen those with all the relatives on the ring obviously mm-hmm. probably either a a big finger or a big ring. But now imagine that as a ring that holds every human being in the world. And if any set is missing, the ring is not perfect. It doesn't have that gem in it. It's not perfect. And so it's all of us together are one with love that's why when god said what it when he told i think it was moses in exodus it may have been joseph but he said tell them you are sent by the great i am my friends take in a deep breath and when i ask you what is god's name please answer the great I am that gives that uh, statement that's attributed to Jesus remember the Bible was written about 600 years after Jesus had died so we have to allow a little man input but I think it's amazing that whoever wrote it then wrote we are of the body and the body is one a psychic used that to describe to me the idea of what it is to be a heightened sixth sensor. We are of the body and the body is one. And so what Brian is doing on his show is he's connecting with the individual part of you as it relates to the whole. He's feeling you. And then he is being a channel passing forth that may not be the word he likes, but passing forth knowledge from the whole that will aid your life. And I say kudos to that, Brian. I really do. That's beautiful. But okay. everything
1: in life. And you do the same. one.
0: Thank you. Yes. Yes. And everything in life, my friends, is a lesson. And if you can think of yourself as a divine being, it suddenly gives you a different code of conduct. It softens you. It invites you to see the best in someone else. To remember that we're all one, that we are a part of them. And now, which hand would you judge more harshly, your right hand or your left hand? So if we're all part of God, if God is everything, then blame serves no purpose. Brian, I, I'm sensing you would like to speak. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Go ahead, please.
1: Oh no, I'm I'm just enjoying listening to what you're saying. And you've you've hit the nail right on the head there, and that's blame serves no purpose. And whenever we're blaming ourselves or blaming another, we are holding off that part of ourselves in that one. And we will not be whole or complete, like you just said, until we include all people, all beings. And when we no longer resist any one, we are whole and complete. And we can say we are completely healed because we are completely whole and like a donut that has a hole in the center because it's been taken out, we don't feel complete when we are pushing against someone or pushing against even ourselves by our behaviors. And so as we can forgive ourselves and forgive others more, we are filling in that gap or allowing that gap to be filled in and we feel more whole and complete because of it.
0: Yes, yes. We are complete. We are together. We are one. And whenever you need a reminder about how you should act, remember to answer the question: What is God's name? When I was, I remember I used to have hear them ask in church, uh, "What? How would you feel if Jesus sat down with you right now?" We're listening to Anna hot as heaven as we go out today and I want to tell you you should feel at ease in yourself and strive to be your highest self because you're exactly who you need to be having lived all you've lived and now you can reach your hand out in love as we reach ours out to you I say namaste Brian you have the last 33 seconds
1: thank you listeners and Forgive yourself and forgive others. You'll live a more peaceful and joyful life because of it. And it really is as simple as sending them love and realizing that they didn't know better and you didn't know better. And today is a new day. And we can step out of our bed on a new foot with a new tune in our mind, in our hearts. And the more we do that for ourselves, the easier it will become. So sing a new tune. Namaste.
0: Namaste. Please listen to Brian's show on Saturdays Radiate Love Without Expectation. Uh, You're welcome to listen to my meditation shows on Friday mornings at 6 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Peace be with you all. Goodbye. And Brian, goodbye today. I'm going to go off and see the ocean.
1: Okay. Enjoy. Have a wonderful weekend.
0: Thank you. Thank you, same to you. Bye.